podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to the first proper podcast of EA Sports FC 24, a new era of the Foot Weekly podcast and uh, no more appropriate than to be joined by foot legend Air Japes. Hello, welcome back. Thank you much, Ben. Thrilled and excited to be back. I've been playing. It's pretty fun so far. And like, I'm going to say off the top, the women's players being introduced to the game. Like when I first got my hands on it, I was like, ooh, who's this player? For the first, and it like piqued my interest in like leagues in a way that I haven't felt in like a very, very long time. Yeah. And I think I no longer am looking at it like already as like men's and women's players and just more so like, ooh, EA just introduced a bunch of new leagues with a bunch of really good players. There's a lot to do on the game, which is fun. Yeah, it reminds me of really starting Ultimate Team at the beginning, back when I didn't have much knowledge of leagues outside the Premier League, right? It's a similar kind of feeling, enjoying that aspect of it so far. We also have with us, as you'd probably expect, Josh Excels. He's not yet on the game. We were very fortunate to have the opportunity to get access early because of the creator network. But Josh, I'm guessing you're taking it all in. You've been on the web app and you're raring to go. Yes, yeah, I, I, I cannot wait. I've been watching as many streams and videos as possible to just, you know, increase that jealousy even more, build that tension up. I can't, I didn't manage to get on a flight to New Zealand. I, I, I can't afford a flight to New Zealand or I don't think it's worth getting on a flight to New Zealand. It's probably more correct. Um, so I will be waiting until midnight on the day that we're recording. Uh, and uh, yeah, can't wait. Yeah, talking of, our next guest comes to us live from New Zealand. It is Huber. Hello, welcome back. Hello, today I'm Hukiwi, I suppose you could say. Um, <laughs> just landed, just opened the game and uh, getting into it as we record. Nice. Um, are you going to let us know if you pack anything good? I assume you're opening your 4,605 points, right? Uh, you don't get the pre-order points till midnight in your local time. But Ah, okay. Yeah, so if you were someone who had FIFA points previously, you can transfer them and, you know, I guess we'll see what happens. Oh boy. So I guess you are spending FIFA points because you're just going to put them on and then start opening yeah doing a bit um i don't want to go too hard you know we'll see what What's we get bit? but twelve thousand. <laughs> yeah you know, see what we get if it's if it's going well then maybe TBD. another 12 <laughs> <laughs> yeah what's, what's another 12? that's how that's how it happens <laughs> i have maximized the way to uh i ended up putting fifa points on as well but it turns out if you're an ea play member and a costco member you can buy a hundred dollar xbox code for 90 bucks from costco mm. and then use the you know $100 code with for just 90 with EA Play so it becomes I don't know how the math totally papers out but I know it's cheaper than what I was doing before yeah that sounds like a double 10% discount maybe that's exactly how it's working yeah, out yeah. see so Costco preventing the RTG I guess and uh, now Japes and I have both been on the game for a bit but Josh you are starting your road to glory I guess you have done so on the web app but what's kind of top of mind in terms of questions about the game itself it's really simple, but like, has gameplay, you know, how does it feel obviously moving from having players that were like 99 rated and had mad stats? How does it feel moving into having gold players? Is it a noticeable slowdown? What do play styles feel like? Just kind of your first impressions overall, to be honest. Yeah, James, do you, do you want to go ahead first? Having played a handful of squad battles and one single player draft where I bumped up the difficulty. Gameplay is 
like kind of similar to 23 in a sense, but like also defending feels hard. Like defending feels real. Like if you drag a player out of position, you will get punished. And also the new passing mechanics where you can like manually make the through ball passes are so fun and rewarding. So I like so far I like gameplay a lot. What's been interesting, I think, for the most part is I haven't found like when I've when I've cranked up the difficulty in squad battles, I haven't found that I can just like sit stagnant on one formation and just like that will just work. Like maybe four one two one two narrow is like closest to that, but I've found that oftentimes I have to change formations in game and then I start getting like more chances. So it's been it's been pretty interesting uh, so far, but you know, uh, like net net gameplay is good. A few weird things, but biggest takeaway is like def- defending is like not easy. Mm. And one thing I would say is that I think, and I'm not 100 percent sure about this, that the default is advanced defending, which is a new feature this cycle, which allows you to choose between whether you want to shut out your opponent or make a tackle. And I saw Neil guys was suggesting to turn this off at the start because it is tricky to get used to, actually. And if you're trying to adjust to the many changes in the game, you might want it to work as it did before tackling so that if you press B or circle to tackle, the game will contextually decide for you what it's going to do, whether it's going to shut out your opponent, you know, shoulder barge and come in and take the ball, or it's going to tackle. It just makes that decision-making a little bit easier rather than you having to press A or X to actually make that seal out and it's funny because typically i'd say you know try these things out but i think there is a lot going on there's a lot of new things gameplay wise so if you can sort of make things a bit more similar to how it was last cycle while you adjust to the various different changes then that probably does make sense so yeah just bear that in mind um but was there anything else james from your perspective you're like oh this is like really different and people should keep an eye out sort of thing you should you should start experimenting with the like close control dribbling the manual, uh, like through ball style passing, mm. but uh, like other than that, maybe not so much. I mean, play styles are cool. The play style plus when you take a go to take like a power shot with somebody who has that play style plus, you're like, oh, okay, that's different. It is fundamentally faster, and like probably was the one that I was like most jazzed about using. Like as soon as it. As soon as I did it the first time, I was like, well, now I'm going to just take these long shots every time, like every time because it's super fun. But, you know, I haven't, the Playstyle Plus passing ones, I haven't noticed as much. The, even the, some of the finishing ones, maybe I haven't noticed as much. The, ben, what is the one? It's like the block defending playstyle. Mm. And that, was like pretty apparent. Yeah. It's interesting because there are certain ones that just like flash up when an action happens and it makes it much clearer Mm -hmm. that they're being active and doing something. I mean, I love when they flash up. It's super fun. Yeah, it is nice. And also the thing is though, you also have of course the regular play styles, not the pluses, but those don't flash up, but they are still having an effect. And I felt like I noticed that with, um, I've been using Sunt Juiced 93 pace center back and uh, he seems ridiculously fast. I mean, he is ridiculously fast anyway, obviously. He's at 93 pace, but 
he has quick step as a regular play style. And I did feel like I noticed when he's running in a straight line, which is what it does, he did have that extra boost of acceleration and had no problems catching even some really fast strikers, actually. Was perhaps unsurprisingly impressed with that. And he's still very good defensively, too, with the anchor. Um, James, is there anything else you wanted to mention on this? I mean, we haven't played too much, so hard to say much about the gameplay. Yeah, Ben, I would, I would just going to echo, like, there's also a ton that we don't know. And I a thousand percent reserve the right to change my opinion on anything gameplay because I'm, <laughs> yeah. I've got my eyes closed walking into a dark room right now and I've just found like a flashlight and things are, you know, I'm slowly starting to explore. Yeah. But these are the things that jump out. It's like, oh, look, there's a couch there. That type of thing. Yeah. One thing I did want to just quickly add is the dribbling input changes are kind of important if you're someone who used RB dribble particularly because that is no longer RB slash R1 and left stick. You need to use LT and RT and left stick, which is a little more awkward to do, I would say, than obviously just holding R1 and doing it. But it feels pretty good, same as last cycle, although I think the standard left stick dribbling is better than last cycle, and so is probably worth sticking to as much as possible, considering it is easier to execute it. And actually, the other thing I would try, which is why they've changed the controls for the R1 or RB dribble, is effort touch, or effort first touch, I think is the best way to get into it. And that is where, when the ball comes to you, you press R1 and flick right stick in the direction you want to go. I think on that, actually, we will take a break. Uh, we're going to gather our thoughts and come back to talk about evolutions. Hello. Normally in this break, I'd ask for your support. This time, I don't really need your support because there's a free trial function on Patreon, so you don't need to pay a thing. And you can get this week's support episode, the EA Sports FC 24 cheat sheet, completely free. All you need to do is sign up. Obviously, if you continue to support after that, that would be hugely appreciated, but you just don't need to. Do check that out. Greatly appreciate your support if you decide to do so. All you need to do is search support for weekly. Follow the link in the description of this podcast or type in bit.ly slash more pod. That's bit.ly slash more pod. A huge thank you if you do consider it. And let's jump into the rest of this podcast. Hello, welcome back after the break. The first of the EAFC era, in fact. There is really a lot to explore on evolutions. I'm sure a lot of people are still kind of wondering exactly how it works, things like that. I would remind people to take a listen to our cheat sheet episode where we covered how it works and the uh, things that you need to know about it. Uh, so we won't completely explain the whole thing, but for those who want a rough idea, basically you put players into it and you can then upgrade them. You have to put them into a slot. You can only use one slot at a time. And as you complete objectives, they get upgraded and improved. But there are requirements for those slots, so uh, you can't submit everyone. And what that means at the moment is people are taking a look and thinking, hmm, you know, who can I fit in this slot? How can I upgrade players? And I think the biggest thing people have realized, right, is that, Josh, you can put players through multiple evolutions and improve players beyond what you even maybe had imagined would be possible looking at these evolution slots. Yeah, there's a few interesting bits that I'm kind of looking forward to at least testing out when I get my hands on the game, which is stuff like the Founders Evolution, which I think unlocks when you go onto the game and you get your Founders pack. That requires a rare striker, so you can't use a non-rare striker in it. What I'm wondering, though, is if you put a striker that's non-rare into the Welcome to Evolutions, and that turns them into a 
evolutions card, does that then count as rare? So then you can then put them in the striker one. There's going to be some weird things around card types, I feel, that will be something to keep an eye on. Because if you can start chaining those evolutions and changing the card type so that you can make a card so that it wasn't able to be used in evolution and now it can be because you've done another one. I just think there's going to be some really fun options. You know, we've got the golden glow up evos that allow you to take a bronze card all the way up to 84 rated if you really want. But if you choose a bronze card that's lower, you could upgrade that bronze card to like, say, a 76, 77, 78 rated card. And if they've got an alternative position of left winger, you could then put them in relentless winger as long as their stats are correct. And it's just like the number of options is absolutely mind-boggling. And I think think people may end up spending too much time trying to get the exact right evolution that's going to give them the biggest upgrade. I think think it's going to be something where it's really got to be tailored to you and how you want your squad to be rather than necessarily what is the most meta thing because I think it's going to be very difficult to find exactly what that is out. Yeah, I think that's the thing, isn't it? It's like, for me, there's so many options and my squad's changing so much at the moment. It's actually so hard to know what mm-hmm. makes sense to do and in many ways I was looking at the Welcome to Evolutions one which is a really broad one you've got max overall 80 max pace 90 and max defending 80 and just thinking I mean really maybe I should just chuck someone in there do you know what I mean like don't overthink it someone you're going to use for a bit someone you think might be worthwhile keeping slightly longer term just throw an outside back in Ben yeah yeah, exactly um, I think that is a good strategy did you already complete an evolution James? I have not I'm, I've kind of been taking the approach of like, see how my luck shakes out a little bit. Mm. But also I'm, I'm kind of like, look, there's some things that I know for sure. Well, nothing's for sure. Some things that I think I know this year. I'm likely to use some German players and Byron players on a, a higher uh, level of frequency than perhaps other clubs. And so I'm looking at it more like, okay, is there are there any great looking I don't know I guess like I'm looking at the bronze one specifically are there any great looking like bronze cards from top clubs that would make it very easy to like continue squeezing them in if I want to continue evolving them mm. and so you know Barcelona has like a CDM uh, that I've been considering whether or not to throw in and then even some of the other you know top like the striker ones I'm like should I just use tell from Bayern, knowing full well that he's going to probably get some wild like future stars card, but that's a long way down. And like, would I rather just see if I can't, if I can continue to keep evolving him to where he's just like a beast at the end of it? So I'm, I, I just haven't decided which direction to go. But right now, I'm, I'm frankly leaning towards Tal because he is French and plays for Bayern. Like those are generally good links to have. Yeah, maybe who can tell me what I should be doing. It's it's tough because I mean you know like we were saying you know there's so many options in terms of like what you should be doing I think overall what I would say is I think a lot of these evolutions cards will end up being pretty similar to like uh, objectives players where they're cool they're nice to have but like they're not going to be the best cards in the game so in all likelihood unless you really want to base your team around this player or like really work them in within like two weeks they're probably not going to be in your team anyway. Maybe in the future, then you can upgrade those again, though. So maybe that's an opportunity. But I think with people, you know, 
trying to find the perfect player, I think don't worry about it too much because I think you'll end up not actually using them that much. And I don't mean that in a negative way, but you know, early game, your team is changing so much in terms of chemistry links and overall, maybe you pack someone big in the same position. So like, I'd say play around with it, try someone fun, maybe someone who you think could in the future get upgraded again. But otherwise, like if there's a sentimental factor that's fun, then go for that. Yeah. What is the the Pacey Protector one? Yeah. Mm. And I'm kind of looking at that right now. Like there are a couple cards that I've seen that have center back and CDM as their two positions. Mm. Yep. And I'm starting to think like maybe the move is or yeah, maybe maybe the move is you get like a center back or a card that's one of those two cards that you can boost up to be a pacey or CDM with excellent defensive stats. Then I don't know. It, there's just there's so many options. Yeah, I guess. You actually that center back one, which has a max pace requirement of sixty five, is quite interesting because it's something that could potentially be useful in the future if you're looking to build a player long term especially one that you know would really be unusable in terms of pace but you could bring up to a decent level and could be useful for chemistry in the future perhaps too yeah i think i think that certainly could be the case i think also if you're trying to think ahead to potentially like themed or objective teams that we might need for certain things if you feel like there's a league where um you know they don't have a lot of pacey options or maybe you think are less likely to get a lot of specials, then I think that could be a really good opportunity, you know, to kind of pre-fill that need, especially if you know it's not going to fit your team anyway. Like, for me, I'm hoping to have, there's a couple center backs I'm targeting with more than 80 pace for my starter team, so I probably don't need that card. So maybe I'll go with, like, a Chiellini in case there's a cool Messi special. Now I have a good MLS link, mm. you know, things like that. Yeah, yeah. I, the Messi special is the one that I think has got me wondering if I should go <laughs> with like an American MLS player in some ways. Like Keelini, I think is a good one, but also for, you know, even like the bronze SBC or some of the winger ones, just because I think, I mean, if you, if you use a bunch of these on like a league, but then you're just rolling the dice on like when that messy special comes around, is that card even going to be like the best way to get him in? Yeah. I think that is almost an interesting strat. If you think about players that you like, that might not be quite so easy to get, on chemistry, that is a way to potentially pick players to upgrade. As someone who doesn't have a hugely sentimental attachment to that many lower-rated players in the game, I guess, I feel like that is an approach I'll probably take rather than going down a more sentimental route for some of the lower-rated ones. Although, actually, uh, Josh, uh, I know a lot of people are talking about Kobe Mino in the bronze upgrade because it looks like he's eligible. Yeah, it's it's a bit difficult at the moment. I think because the initial database that um, EA gave out didn't have alternative positions in it. It's although we've you know Foot.gg's got a brilliant little Evo Lab going where you can see the cards that can be that we know can be used in the evolutions. There's quite a few, especially at that bronze level, where I'm sure that we haven't seen yet the best option. And one of the things that I think will be really important, especially if we don't get an evolution that upgrades weak foot and skill moves soon for any player, the upgrading a bronze player that's got two-star skill moves, two-star weak foot is all well and good, but they're not going to be great to use in game because of that. So especially for those who are just starting out and you know doing bronze pack method or 
whatever. Keep an eye out for those like four-star skill move or four-star weak foot bronze players. And when you're making that decision, I would definitely keep that in mind because whilst the face card stats may get a really nice bump, you know, firstly, we don't know how the in-games are being affected. We just know that it's a face card stat that's being improved. And the skill moves and weak foot, by and large, aren't being changed. I think there's only one that's increasing the weak foot by one. So uh, it's, yeah, it's uh, like, I love it. I love, I, love, I love evolutions, but I do think that um, choosing the player is going to be, it's because once you've committed, you, you, you're then into it and you just have to stick with it. Mm-hmm. And, like, I, I, I don't necessarily think that, especially for... Especially for the Relentless Winger, potentially for the Founders Evolution as well. I don't know necessarily if those will be out of your team if you choose correctly, like in two weeks' time. I think there's every chance that they will still have good enough stats that they'll still be in your team because they're, you know, you're looking at 83, 84, 85 rated players at that point. And I, I still think they'll be usable in two weeks' time. I don't think we'll, it will progress that quickly, um, despite the season rewards looking ridiculous. But the one thing I will say as well, Relentless Winger, where you have to spend 50,000 coins or 1,000 FIFA points, I wouldn't rush into mm. that. Yeah, I was going to say There's that. two weeks, I think, before it expires. Don't spend all of your coins or 1,000 FIFA points if you're not exactly sure who you want to use and exactly yeah. <laughs> sure that you're going to use them. Yeah, I completely agree. And I think looking at some of the players that people have made from that, and you can preview it in the Evo Lamb on foot.gg, they're really good, but are they, considering they're going to become untradeable, are they actually players that are going to use that long with the way that chemistry works, with the fact that teams change a lot at this point? It is quite a big commitment. You know, if the coins don't matter to you or the FIFA points don't matter to you much, then maybe not. But certainly on a road to glory, I think it's probably not going to be worth it at all. Um, it's nice to have a more powerful one out there, though, I suppose, to have that variety. And the free ones, though, are, are decent. They're going to help. But as you said, they're not, you know, game-changing must-dos or anything actually along those lines, which is probably where you want it at the start. And there's some options in terms of putting them into one thing, then the next thing, and it's great to see people just going in and picking players they have an attachment to and putting them through the different evolutions. Um, Let's move on to talking about what people might want to get up to when they load up on consoles, seeing as that's what they'll be doing at the moment or planning to do. Josh, you're going to be doing your road to a million coins. How are we approaching that? What are you going to be doing first? So I, I was saying in the uh, Discord that I'm going to run two accounts. I'm going to run like a road to glory where I'm allowed to bronze pack method and do all of those sorts of things. And that'll kind of be my main account. Uh, and then I'm going to run a gameplay only road to glory where I, I honestly think the first thing that I'll be doing is trying to complete as many objectives as possible as quickly as possible just to build up the team really um you know i'll still be doing sbcs because i don't think that counts as trading um you know the advanced sbcs i think are easier this year than they've ever been before because we have so many extra leagues and so getting that kind of base team down to just go into squad battles go into rivals and then go into that first champs weekend will be the first thing i'm looking at there's a there's an objective um, where if you wear the Founders Kit, which I believe everybody who logs on before the end of November will get, um, if you play three games in that kit and score more than two and concede less than two, wearing that kit, just in those three games, you'll get 5,000 XP, which is the first five levels of the season pass. 
the fifth level gives you an 80 plus by 10 pack. Now, firstly, that's insane. But if you then complete the daily and weekly objectives, you get close to 10,000 XP and level 10 is an 83 by 10 pack. So those two things, I think, will set me on my way when I start. I think that's one thing I'd be looking at to begin with. Time out. You're talking about the level five one, right? Yeah. That okay. So you have the option of eighty x ten or eighty four x two. Yeah. And you're suggesting to take the eighty x ten. So if it was later on, I would say that eighty four by two is better. But I think this early in the game, when so many lower rated players will be meta, I think the eighty plus ten is not a bad choice. To begin with, knowing I totally disagree. Okay. Yeah, well, I I uh, I don't disagree with your logic, but I having I feel like having poked around on the game a bunch, the eighty to eighty-two unusable mound of sadness <laughs> in this game is beefy. Mm-hmm. Like with the introduction of a lot of the, like there are a lot more. Yeah. And I think for me, like I did the 84. I figured worst case scenario, I'd get cards that I definitely knew could be used for some SBC in the future. Best case scenario, I get one card probably that I could like maybe consider building around. Or that would be like a meaningful piece to my squad. So my thought on this was was basically if you're still doing the advanced SPCs, then probably do the 80 times 10 because they're rare players. They've got decent rating. Could be really helpful for that. But I think in terms of getting a player you're going to use, I do think the 84 times 2 is better. And I agree with with Japes on that. Just because I think, Josh, you, you said this before yourself, actually, that there's just so many more players who are like 80 to 83 in the game. And I guess some of them are usable, but hitting those 84 plus players is just so much less likely, right? I maybe, but I don't think that's like in my head. I like I know that the player pool is obviously a lot smaller and the, the pool of usable players is better above 84. But like I've packed eight 84s on my web app account so far. Two of them are usable. So you got a 25% chance of that. And you know, I, I think that's probably pretty representative across the board, to be honest. You know, even if it was like I got an 87, like I've packed an 87 rated keeper, but she's five foot six and I'm not going to be using her. So I don't like I think the chance of you getting something usable. I, I don't know if it's that much higher in the 84. I, like I get that there's the chance of you getting a better player is probably mm. a little bit higher. I just think there's way more chance in an 80 plus by 10 that you're going to get something that is usable in the early days but i i i I do think it's a i'd love to be able to get like 20 of them and just like test it out yeah send send them in the discord if you're if you're a supporter of the discord then uh, send your i'm probably a little jaded on that though because i I, like my i got um uh, what is her name hegeberg out of mine so an 89. Yeah, yeah an 89. It, it wasn't just Hegerberg, though. Like, I got Hegerberg and um, Grimaldo, I think, was the other one. Mm. And Grimaldo is, like, pretty good. Wait, is Grimaldo 84? Yeah, he's 84 rated. Oh, he, and he's, that. like, he is, I would say, pretty good. Yeah, yeah. 
So I felt like it was, while he's like not super expensive, like Grimaldo definitely could fit my team and Hegeberg can as well, though she, I don't know if she's bugged or what her deal is, but she loses the ball all the time. Well, 40-something balance, right? But like, we'll just like unlock from the ball. Hmm. Like in even if she's running in a straight line, really weird. Like I, I, I genuinely think her like character or whatever is like bugged. Hmm. So... I don't know. May, may, I'm probably jaded there because you could just as easily say you're going to get two atrocious 84s and then what? Mm. Like you don't need the 84s for the early SBCs. I would also say it depends if you're spending FIFA points or yeah, not. Yeah, like, that's true. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I think if you've already got like a really good team, then yeah, the 84 by 2 is the, the, the go-to. But I think if, you're, if your team's terrible and in need of some boosting, I, I think the 80 plus by 10 could help quite a bit. Yeah, I think we probably thought about this enough, and I, I guess it's a good thing to note. Just look out for the objectives XP and work your way up that because there's some good rewards there. There are some seasoned players as well, aren't there? Uh, what what's the option at the first kind of player reward bracket? I think there's a loan, obviously, but then the actual permanent ones, because I guess people might get to that in the, the not too distant future. It's a Fraulein Bundesliga right back, Wilms. Mm who has 84 pace, 80 passing, 80 dribbling, 82 defending, 82 physical, kind of really nicely rounded card. And then the option I think most people will take is Baltimore, who's a PSG mm-hmm. right winger with 88 pace, 89 passing, and 88 dribbling, which is just insane. Um, I think like two-star week for three-star skills, I want to say. She's she's yeah. also 5-1, but she can play left wing as well, which I think is great. Mm. I actually packed Gayoro who's PSG center mid. Mm, yeah. mm-hmm. Really impressive. I mean, kind of... She looks pretty good. Yeah, a smaller Matuidi, I guess, in the midfield and uh, has relentless playstyle plus, really good. And meaning I'll probably take the three-star skill move player, which is kind of crazy to say for me. He's, okay, Ben. <laughs> I got quite lucky in my uh, advanced SBCs and got some decent lower race players like Sam Maximin, so he can compensate on the other side. How are things going for you, Hugh, going through those FIFA points, or sorry, FC points? My only decent pull is uh, Timo Werner, who the market is just so weird right now as people start to like log on and buy packs. So when I packed him, he was worth about 7K, and now he's passing 15K. Hmm. I think because he's one of the best options for that Founders Evolution alongside Darwin Nunez, and he's much cheaper. So I've listed him for a min bid of 13,000 and max bid of his price range of 40K for three hours, and I'll just see what happens. But other than Werner, who will be somewhere between like 15 to 40K, I've got 158,000 coins off of nothing of note, Mm. really. So just discarding a bunch of commons, selling the ones that have any real value, I haven't really kept much for my club unless it feels like some of the price ranges are kind of weird, like a an 83 whose minimum price is 2,700 coins, but he's worthless. So there's a few like that that I haven't sold, but I guess that's a bare minimum about what you could expect from 12,000 FIFA points is about 150K. Mm. Yeah, and then how do you think people should kind of play it in terms of, I guess, making the most out of the 4,600 FIFA points when they get it? Uh, you obviously do want to discard things, not sort of sit on them trying to sell them. But a lot of things have some value, so you just just basically list them, make sure they sell, and then move those coins into a player who is likely to rise, I guess, as people get more and more coins. That tends to be the, the best move. I think that's probably the best move. Um, just trying to get coins as fast as possible and then put them into something that will appreciate. I would really avoid buying 
starter players that are worth more than like close to minimum price. So like if you're buying some like 80 rateds for like a thousand coins and they might be worth like 600, then, you know, whatever. Mm -hmm. But I would avoid buying those, you know, 10,000 coin players who are 81 rated who in like two weeks, they're going to be worth a thousand coins. I would, if you're going to spend real coins, like significant amount buy someone who's higher rated, whose rare is not going to get packed a ton. And then hopefully they'll appreciate in value as people get more coins in the next few weeks. That makes sense. And Josh, is that what you do as well? Yeah. Yeah. I, I like, I think we we've covered how to use the the four thousand six hundred fifty points in the the kind of how to start pod and tips that we did, and I I think it it's one of those where probably the best thing to do is just going to be to smash open the packs, mm. um, you know, seven and a half k packs, and just maximize what you can get out of them. Bearing in mind that like some kits and badges will sell at this point, especially from the from the big teams, and that you can probably get good value for cards that will depreciate in price over time. Um, I, I think who said it on a um, supporter episode we, we did recently that buying a player that is going to still be usable in two or three weeks time is the most important thing when you're looking at investing, especially if you're buying them for your team. Um, so if you can get up to to an amount of coins and from what Jape said, it does feel like even just having like one of those superstars in your team could make a big, really big difference to your gameplay at the beginning. Yeah, and it's worth saying, you know, how this works early on is you tend to get an influx of players listed too low really especially the higher tier ones that are more expensive because people obviously don't have the coins and people overpay for the cheaper players and as he was saying those players will drop in price whereas the higher tier players as people actually get the coins to afford them do increase in price so you're better off getting a couple of more expensive players and having those in your team because they're less likely to depreciate generally. Um, but also, uh, something that doesn't depreciate so much is often the first team of the week, actually. And, uh, I mean, the Tarek Lamperty looks really good, doesn't he? Only 30k? Yeah. I feel like he's he's got to be more than that considering, you know, what Walker's like, 70k probably, something like that, uh, after a week or so. Yeah, it's got to be a 50k card, right? I'm also very interested in uh, in Matt's Hummels as well. Yep, his 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 informs only fifteen k or thirteen k at the moment. Lowest and spin, that just seems crazy to me. Well, thank you much. Gonna go out and pick him up. Fits in <laughs> easy with the team. <laughs> it's like a plus seventeen pace or something, which is a good sign for the team of the week. And uh, on that, actually, why don't we take another break? Because I'm gonna be asking you, give you a little time to prepare, what your top tip is or thing we haven't mentioned yet that you want to recommend listeners think about or do when they're playing the game on console there we go luxurious a second break actually allows us to speed up the editing process and get out a bit quicker which should be handy for anything that's time sensitive now i'm going to whip round and we'll get some top tips for console gameplay and things like that but one thing i did want to point out which is a bit of a boring one first of all is if you're moving around the menus do use that LT switcher menu. So if you're anywhere on the menus in Ultimate Team, hold LT and it'll bring up the switcher menu. It really does massively speed up the movement around and you can still do it without that, but it takes way longer. So an important thing to mention. And also remember when you're doing SBCs and things that players will switch their position automatically and that's fairly obvious. But yes, let's dive into it. Uh, Hugh, why don't you start us off? What is the top tip you'd have for people? as they uh, properly play the game. Yeah, something I've noticed certainly from watching streams is that it seems like in 
uh, 1v1 situations with the goalkeeper, you really don't need to shoot or do much. You can just left stick dribble around them and they just kind of fall over. I assume this is something that gets patched moving forward because it seems way too easy to score one-on-ones, but at least early days, it seems like don't worry about if you should do like a finesse or a load driven or anything, just just left stick, not even a skill, just left stick, walk around the keeper and you can tap it in. Yeah, totally. it's a really good point. And the thing from you, Josh, that you would say is your top tip? Yeah, I, I think power on your shots is a little bit different this year. I've seen a lot of people being, you know, in the box, not necessarily in one-on-one situations, but just kind of when you create a bit of space, maybe like 16 yards out, and they seem to be underpowering their shots this year or the previous year now, crikey, <laughs> FIFA 23, you could you could get away with a lower powered shot, but it does seem like there's there's a little bit more emphasis put on how much power you're putting on it. It's one of the big things I, w- I would say I've noticed, but also that Traveller shots, whether they're from distance or from close range, seem really, really powerful. Mm, yeah. I would look out for that playstyle plus power shot as well. It can really catch you out if you don't know that it is a thing because they will take that power shot animation way quicker. And you can obviously spot if a player has it, so you can just uh, anticipate that they might take a quick power shot potentially. Japes, what about from you? Any particular advice as people head into 24? Uh, don't start playing with the 4-3-3 because it feels weird still. Yeah. Uh. Yeah, that's not a good sign because my team does fit a 4-3-3. At one point I wanted to make, and I've seen it on a few streams, found it myself, is just watch out for going above 45 depth because that is where players will start to press harder than they did last cycle. It feels more like when you went over 70-something depth in previous cycles, um, which is yeah an interesting change because it does mean by default people are going to be pressing much more, you'd think. The other thing, actually, I just wanted to wrap up with any particular players, James, that have stood out to you so far. Oh, yes. Here we go. I have used many of the women's players because I thought it would be fun to, you know, certainly go and try them out. The right wing from, actually, many of the Olympic Lyon women's players are phenomenal, but Kadi what is it? Kaditia to Diani, mm. the right mid, is probably the best, most dominant feeling player that I've used. And I got to use the, uh, what is it? Catherine Graham Hansen, the Barcelona oh. winger in draft. And Diani was like, is, feels far superior to her. Mm. So she is awesome. Uh, Alex Morgan's finishing is. Pretty insane. I packed her on tradable, so that's cool. You can get really great value out of the Olympic Lyon women's setup right now because their keeper, Christiane Endler, mm. is 88 rated. You can pick her up for like 5,000 coins and she is six foot tall. So she's not like small mm. as a, like you'll look in, you'll see like many of the women's keepers are like five seven, five eight, and you're like, Ugh, I don't know if I can do that. There's some that are taller that I think are great. So I don't know. Those two have been kind of standouts for me so far in a way that like I was totally, totally surprised by it. Yeah. An untradable player I got from Leon uh, was uh, Majri. 
uh, Cam, but can play centre mid, decent defensive stats. Well, very good defensive stats, actually. 81 defending. And uh, has the... Oh, I meant to buy her. Yeah, really good. at Five-star skills as well. And feels incredibly agile on the ball. As I said, decent defensively. Physically not the best and has 61 stamina. Um, but she has high defensive medium attacking. So you can kind of use her as more of like a, a midfield pivot rather than like a box-to-box player. Um, she is 5'5", five five, so not going to be winning many headers. But yeah, feels amazing on the ball. Um, and just generally, I think the explosive players, she's mostly explosive, do feel really quite good this cycle, which is nice. Because at the start of last cycle, they really didn't. And uh, also, James, I packed Griezmann. Uh, untradeable. Hey, so, yeah. Uh, one of your don't faves. hate that. Yeah, uh, and actually, he's a player that I, in the past, have just kind of not really used that much because he's you know, not five star skills. But also, he uh, just I don't know hasn't suited my play so much. Or there's been players I've preferred, but obviously, he's a lot better than any of the other players I have at this point. So I'll definitely be using him, which is nice. I feel like he's long overdue me actually like properly using him because I don't think I've done that that much. So yeah, uh, a good start. And uh, I also even more surprisingly, packed Mendy on the left back, right? I, I swear the chance of packing a Mendy previously were like, I don't know, it's like packing a Messi, so, or maybe even a Mbappe. So pretty happy about that. So yeah, started well. I hope everyone's untradeable pack luck from those advanced SBCs is as good as mine. And someone even in the past has kind of, I don't know, procrastinated doing those because I don't like doing SBCs, but obviously got access on console a bit early, which made me, you know, actually feel like I should sit down and do these SBCs and I find it easier to do on the console. So yeah, I got those done and do put in the time to do those. Um, and uh, yeah, it's a good use of untradeables as well. Right. Uh, I think on that, We'll wrap up. I assume, Hugh, no late entries for best pull of the episode, and it was pretty much just Werner. I actually, just before you asked me that, I packed a tradable Frankie Dion, currently worth 100k. So Things are changing. Yeah, that's nice. Well, hopefully that's the kind of luck that listeners can uh, go away with. Uh, Hugh, thank you very much for for coming on. I know you you were mainly there getting started, but I hope New Zealand treats you well. Thank you. It'll be uh, you know a quick turnaround flight back to the East Coast uh, tonight, <laughs> so midnight, and then we get all our our uh, pre-order rewards. So that'll be nice. Yeah, that's true. And uh, Josh as well. Thank you very much for coming on. And uh, I guess people may want to catch you on Twitter or X because uh, you'll tweet about the odd thing here or there. Yes. Yeah. I've been been tweeting my uh, experiences at the beginning of the game. Uh, Josh XLS underscore on Twitter, or if you just search spreadsheet Josh, I'll be there. Um, I'm also hanging about in the Discord as well. So, yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to to getting my hands on the game, getting started, getting in, cracking out some objectives. Yeah, do look at those milestones, and uh, they maybe not worth boshing out all at once, but in some cases they can be combined with things you're doing anyway. So, yeah, look out for those. That was actually a good plug for the Discord as well. Supporters, gold or above, do jump in there. bit.ly slash pod discord help if you need some help jumping in there. And a reminder, if you're not yet a supporter and you would like to do so, there's a free trial and there's a 36,000 beef point giveaway or FC point, keep getting it wrong. And uh, you can find that just by searching support for weekly or following the link in the description of this podcast. To be eligible, you do need to still be a supporter by the end of the month though. It's worth saying that. But yeah, Japes, it's been, I think, a good start to the game so far. Been enjoying it, and it sounds like you have been too. Yeah, been fun so far. Looking forward to the next chat. And, you know, to all of the listeners, may the FC Pack Gods be with you. Nicely done. 
Thank you very much to all you listeners out there for listening. If you are catching this on YouTube, then a reminder to you know drop a like, leave a comment and uh, subscribe. You can also subscribe via all the podcast platforms too. Uh, it's been great to have you along and a big thank you to all those supporters keeping this podcast going and those icon patrons. Dave B, Hugh J, Coach Vass, DJ FIFA player, Alan G, Alistair, Anthony R, Dominic P, Rob P, Jeff B, Michael K, Stephen F, Tom B, Damon H, David S, Nick Jack M, Eric T, Neil P, Adam G, Kirky87, Dan W, Waterman, N Hagman, Harry A, Jake G, Roger D, Springford, Elec, Bracco, Nishant, Harry P, Alex M, Lee A, Brendan W, Andrew C, Joe W, Timothy J, Dylan, J Kell, Ibis24, Adam R, Sam K, Graham W, Andy, Ads H2K, and Brian V. Plus a special thanks to Luke M, Dave B, Hugh J, Tom M, Darren W, and Pato Foot for advice and production assistance. Before I leave you, just one more thing to add, though. FIFA's a bit like life, really. It has its many ups and its many downs. If you're having a few more downs than ups in real life in these more difficult times, then please don't feel that you're alone or need to struggle on without taking action. If you go to thecalmzone.net, there's loads of resources, advice, support, or even just a friendly chat for anyone who needs it. If it sounds like it could help you, then head over to thecalmzone.net. And for now, have a good one, and I'll catch you on the next podcast. Sports Social Podcast Network.